0: Like to, like, to like to welcome y'all to the mainly all show <laughs> I like, like, like to welcome y'all to the vainly came M&M show welcome you to be <laughs> M&M <show. laughs> <laughs> <mumbles> trice, real name, no gimmicks.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Mainly M&M podcast in association with ePro. On today's show we will be discussing the 20 year anniversary of Obi Trace's debut studio album Cheers Joining me as ever are my hosts Blake and Ross Guys welcome, how are you? Is this ok? Yeah I'm good thank you mate, yeah? Yeah all good, all good So first of all I'm going to dive into some statistics on the album and Some information So the album was released on the 23rd of september 2003 under the shady and interscope labels the producers on the album there was quite a lot and not just that it's probably some of the best hip-hop producers that you'll usually even find so we've got timberland Louis resto jeff bass fred wreck M. L. haney dr dre dj muggs dj green lantern mr porter and of course eminem who was also the executive producer for this album. Uh, The singles on this album there were, there was four in total but there were more sort of three lead singles. Uh, The first one was Got Some Teeth which was the lead single from the album that followed by Shit Hits The Fan and The Setup and there was a final single that was Don't Come Down that was released sort of later on well after the album was released. Now, the album itself has 17 tracks on the standard edition. It does have 19 on the deluxe edition. The album features, um, you know, an unbelievable amount of, of rappers. Uh, you've got Eminem along with the guys from D12. You've got Nate Dogg, Timberland, Lloyd Banks, 50 Cent, Dr Dre and Busta Rhymes. So, you know, a pretty much all-star uh, Shady Aftermath roster there as well. Uh, The album was named after the NBC series Cheers. Uh, Now that was a sitcom that aired from 1982 through to 1993. The sitcom starring Ted Danson uh, was also based in Boston and it was one of Obie's favourite shows growing up. Now the commercial performance for this album uh, was a huge success. Uh, Of course, it was released under Shady and Interscope, uh, debuted at number 5 on the Billboard 200, selling just over 226,000 sales on its first week, which is pretty impressive. As of now, uh, the album in the US is platinum certified and has sales of just over 1.5 million. Elsewhere around the world, the album has sales of just over 2 million. Where we are from of course, the UK, uh, the album done fairly well for a, a hip hop American album that peaked at uh, number 11 on the UK album charts, it also reached number 8 on the Scottish charts as well and the Canadian charts was one of the strongest performances, uh, that debuted at number 2 over there. The singles from um, you know, the album, a couple did have uh, some charts Performances as well. So, Got Some Teeth uh, debuted at number 54 on Billboard Hot 100, as well as the UK, where it reached a really promising and strong finish at number 8. Uh, the Setup also debuted at number 73 on Billboard and uh, another high place in the UK, number 32. We've obviously discussed the album. What How we're going to do this is we're going to discuss, uh, all three of us are going to discuss our favourite five tracks from the album. Um, But before we we go into that, lads, first of all, I just want to get your your sort of knowledge on this album. Um, Now, you obviously are a a few years younger than myself, so you might have been a little bit too young perhaps when the album officially dropped. Uh, But Ross, we will just start with you. Um, When did you get put onto this album? How did it come about? You know, what year was it? What age were you? I would have been, I think I would have
2: been about, uh, oh actually... It was the year the iPod Shuffle came out, that's all I can remember, because I got a little iPod Shuffle for Christmas, and I got all my C- my brother's CDs, my dad's CDs all given to me so I could put them on my, on my iPod. So yeah, I think it would have been in between at least seven and nine. So I was a few years after the album actually came out, but um, a like, few of them always stuck in sort of circulation for me, 100%. Yeah,
1: I think the Shuffle, I-, I had one of those as well. It was probably could have been potentially around about 2004, 5, 6, around about that era. Yeah, I think it was
2: 2005, so I would have been seven then. So yeah, yeah. A, again a few years after the album but uh, there's a, there's a few that definitely like stood out and being that it was on a shuffle you if you if you found it you had to pretty much just skip backwards the whole time if you wanted to listen to that song a few times because you had to go around in a complete circle it was a nightmare
1: that's right um so in terms of of that more in recent times when was it that you sort of properly you know gave it a good listen f- a- after those those early days well I've, I've listened to it obviously recently
2: but i think it was when things like spotify and apple music came out that uh, because the cd had been long gone from my brother or something like that um yeah i think it was like like when i started being able to branch out a little bit more my music and go back to old 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 albums that had come out so yeah i think it was probably when i first got apple music so i used to be on apple music before spotify so that would have been probably college which i was been 16 so that's nine years ago i'd say it was probably the last time i gave it a good go and then obviously we gave it a little bit of a, a spin on the way to uh, your house uh, your your yeah your place actually when I was with Blake he picked me up from the airport and we had it playing so
1: yeah so no, that's, that's a good good information on the album you've you know obviously listened to it at uh, quite a young age as well and not too far away from when it was um, officially released Blake what about yourself do you have a, a story of your own regard on this album
0: so the first time I properly took the time to listen out for this album obviously I'd heard a couple of songs before you know my brother was a massive hip hop head growing up so obviously that was you know, my biggest influence on, you know, rap music. But in terms of Overtree's Cheers album, it definitely would have been when I started high school. Just uh, me and my mates, you know, we were discovering what we would call the the golden gems of, of hip-hop music, you know, so anything from, you know, mid-90s up to, you know, the early 2000s at that point. So there's no magical story. I mean, once I heard the album, I was hooked on it and there, there was a period where i didn't listen to it for a while just because obviously you're constantly listening to different type of music what actually put me back onto the album was do you remember when uh grand theft auto did the dr dre dlc and he released a gta online album mm-hmm. yeah so when that came out i was actually on gta online and Shit hits the fan was playing on there and I completely forgot about that song and I completely forgot how good it was, Obetrize and Dr. Dre's verses on there. So then I went back to the album and it's it's been a daily rotation ever since.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I think in terms of my story with the album, obviously being, you know, I was 13 when it came out, but I don't necessarily remember it dropping. But maybe a year later, um, I got, oh, it was one of these old-fashioned if you remember the sort of MP3 players, it was like a small sort of cylinder-shaped MP3 player. Yeah, I think I bought it
0: Sony Walkmans.
1: Yeah, it yeah. was like one of those ones, and um, I think I got it from. I think my parents bought it from. I don't know a Christmas or a birthday present, uh, and um, you know back then <laughs> it was hilarious because you could only really upload, depending on how how big the MP3 player was. You know the average tracks you could only get on it were probably forty or fifty. Um, and back then there was a there was a illegal download sort of site called Soulseek. Um, that would sort of you know, you could download a lot of stuff from that as well and I would had a sort of M and M tracks. This is when everyone was doing, you know, lime and stuff like that. And um, there was a track that I hadn't heard before and I think it was Hands on You. And I was like, I've, I've never heard this track before. It's I'm, I'm trying to look at my CDs and trying to find it on you know Eminem's albums, and I'm like, I, I can't. I, this was before like okay, the internet was about obviously, but it wasn't as you know as easy to access stuff as it is now. So for days I was trying to search, you know what what is this track? And then you know it said Obi Trice and Eminem on it, but I didn't. I didn't have any answers, but, you know, eventually I found out that, you know, it was on Obie's Cheers album. And then probably a couple of weeks later, um, I went to Woolworths uh, and I bought, bought the CD album. Uh, and then, yeah, just, you know, as a young guy, 13, 14 years of age, just, you know, playing it back to front uh, back in the day as well. And then, yeah, as Ross touched on as well, by the time, you know, the sort of streaming era comes out, there are a lot of albums that you sort of, you know, didn't listen to or forgot about, you know, before you know it, you know, they're all available uh, to stream as well. So it was just a case of going, you know, diving back into the album um, a good couple of years ago. Uh, and I think in terms of the, the you know, it's, it's held its time, like the, the tracks are still very fresh. You know, we'll, we'll get into a wee bit of the discussion on the, the album anyway, but the production um, itself is pretty pretty clean as well. So, um, no, it was it was a good album. And it was, yeah, it was one of the first albums that that I was sort of got right into uh, from the start. Uh, It was a very easy, easily listening as well. So um, what we're going to do, guys, start off with Ross, first of all, uh, just from the album, obviously, we've we've listened Mm. to it um, recently as well. Um, Top five tracks um, from the album, if you would like to to fire away with with those. When we obviously said we were going to do this album, I
2: did sort of like jot down what I thought would be my five and I have sort of stuck with them but I have changed the order so I'll go from from five to one and the, the the fifth one will probably just be hands on you as much as I like I really enjoy the song it's one of those one of those things where after the few years it's the beat started to just I don't know it's not quite held its time for me but I do still really enjoy the the track itself so I went with that with number five um number four I've got lady uh, that's another belter from this album. That one I find pretty easy to listen to whenever, ironically, in the car, for all the people that wouldn't be able to believe that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it was quite hard to do the sort of one to three. So um, I went with We All Die One Day just because that one had such like a feature list. Like He had, what was it, uh, 50 Cent, Eminem, Tony Yayo, was it?
0: Uh, Lloyd Banks.
2: Lloyd Banks, that's it, sorry, yeah. I mean, just honestly, like... The amount of people again at the time in hip hop were doing absolute numbers. It was that lot. So, yeah, that that's a belter for me. And then number two, I've got "Shit Hits the Fan." Uh, again, I think like Blake touched on it earlier. Like hearing both their verses, Obi Trice's and Dre's is uh, is like really good. So, yeah, that one I've gone back to, and that sits in the playlist. And then number one, I've actually got the setup. Uh, that one Ugh, I remember drink. from my my iPod for years. I just couldn't get that like. I don't even know what instrument it is. That little tapping—it's mm-hmm. like, do you remember those, like, um, in school you'd have those, like, uh, almost like wooden frog things that you ran like uh, a stick down the back of, and they made like a clicky noise. That's exactly what it reminded me of. And uh, yeah, it I just sticks with me now. And then even I think in two thousand and four, obviously I've gone back, like we said, with the streaming days. Now I've gone back and listened to the remix of the setup, which has got again an incredible fucking like feature list. So yeah, that that one just sits at number one for me. But this one was quite hard to sort of. Nailed down, to be honest. It's it's an all-round pretty good album.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it was difficult when well, I'm the same trying to compose a top five. It's it's difficult because it's just it's just stacked with really good catchy hits as well, and it's that whole production as well. Like we'll, we'll go into it, but the you know the amount of producers that are on this album as well, and just the the sound then, that the album gets overall, you know, it's, it's quite something. Uh, Blake, what is your top five tracks from the album?
0: There's a couple of similar to Ross's. Mine's in no particular order. To be fair, I'm going to read them in the order that they appear on the track list. So Cheers is definitely up there, the second track on the song, one because I love the uh, I love the story he tells in it, you know, about his upbringing, you know, a couple of details about his mother in there, and obviously, you know, his rise to the, you know, top at the time. So that is, that's one of my favourite tracks to listen to. Um... Bad bitch featuring Timberland. Mm. That chorus and the beat and the way Obi flows on that is something incredible. Like on un- for me, untouchable. Like that. That is probably one of the best tracks on the album. But obviously, that's a that's a different debate for a different day. Uh, again, we all die uh, one day. Ross basically covered exactly why that that should be on the list. And I've got outro the one where mm. it was featuring all of D12 on there. Yeah. Because that is unreal. The beat, the production of it, the lyrics. Bizarre's bit sort of lets me down a bit. I wish he did a little bit more wordplay, but other than that, it's it's an incredible track. Yeah,
1: the the outro track, Like I don't know if originally it wasn't featured in the standard edition, but I never remember it like, when it originally came out. I never remembered hearing it, and then it wasn't until a couple of years ago when I was revisiting the album that you know I, I was like fucking hell like but was that part of the album standard from from the get-go and I've just been sleeping? Uh,
0: as, as far as I obviously I, I couldn't tell you what it was like when it came out I was only two years old at the time but uh, as far as I know it's, it's always been there It's a great track anyway it's, like,
1: it's just the, the M's verse at the start of it is just ridiculous um, so now nah, that is that is a good strong five as well, no complaints uh, from myself. Um, I'll go with uh, number five, uh, Got Some Teeth. Of course that was uh, the lead single produced by Eminem and Louis Resto. Um, there was something about this now, it actually debuted pretty strong in the UK album charts and I actually remember this, um, the, I think there's a lot to do with the reason that it got to number eight was that uh, back then Chris Moyles was in charge of the BBC Radio 1 breakfast show and I had this on um, quite a lot of possibly going to school Uh, and the track always used to come on at like, I don't know, half eight, nine o'clock in the morning for whatever reason, must have been in some sort of specific playlist Um, but no, fair play to Chris Moyles because he did actually play this track um, for a good few weeks uh, and you know i'd imagine that with it getting to number 8 um was probably down to that because you, you know you, you know yourself guys if you, you get your music played on bbc radio 1 and it's featured on a lot of playlists especially back in the day uh, then it was always going to do fairly well in the charts so that was yeah that was number 5 uh, on my list um couple of easter eggs of the music video. Now, um, Eminem does appear in it as a bartender uh, disguised with a moustache and these seven drinks to Obi. I believe Caniva and Mr Porter also make a couple of cameos on it but the the track itself it's basically sort of three blind dates that Obi goes on and you know none of them work out and then right at the end um, the one that does work out you know she's got her teeth in the jar. Uh, the cup of water, and that's you know sort of the basis of the the title of the track, and it's very similar to what Eminem did around about this era with "Without Me," you know, "Just Lose It," "The Rossum Shady." Uh, there was a lot of sort of comedy to this track. Um, as well so you could definitely see you know a, a similar vibe from from those Eminem tracks and the fact that this was produced by him um, as well so no nah, that was a good lead single as I says um, so I'm giving that number five. Uh, number four um, I've gone for O oh, featuring Buster Rhymes and the yeah, production by Dr Dre. Buster Rhymes just absolutely sort of kills the hook on this as well it's just it's really catchy you know I've I've been playing it over the last couple of days as well and you know just moments in my head you just hear the song and the chorus sort of you know taking over. Um, so yeah it's a really catchy hook from him and as I says, yeah Dr Dre production uh, you know just sublime as ever. Uh, number three on I went for Lady featuring Eminem. Uh, once again uh, the dynamic duo of Eminem and Louis Resto. Uh, they produced the track, and uh, yeah, basically, OB&M warned the gold diggers uh, not to sort of mess with them, you know, it is a lot about, you know, previous relationships, you know, stuff that's gone on in the past, um, as well, and yeah, it's quite a fun track as well, at the same time, Uh, another strong chorus from Eminem as well. Uh, Number two on it, I have went for uh, the setup uh, featuring Nate Dogg, once again, that was production from Dr Dre, and yeah, Ross touched on it earlier with the sort of, you know, the the noise, just the very significant noise um, on this track also reminds me a little bit, I don't know if any of you guys would agree, but it was something that I wouldn't, the beat from this, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, a, a track that maybe never made the Chronic 2001, just with the the beat being very similar to that era.
2: Especially also sort of having to go with you know, pair it up with Nate Dog. Like, I can see exactly what you mean, because it, it, doesn't he also reference the Watcher in this in this song as well? Um, There's a bar where he references the Watcher, and he almost says it in the same same tone that they deliver in in that album. So yeah, maybe I wouldn't be surprised, but I do hear exactly what you mean.
1: So yeah, I'll give that number two. Um, the track, you know, is it's basically about um, Obi being put under a spell uh, from a woman. Uh, it turns out to be, of course, a setup. Uh, Obi ends up getting shot and he gets robbed, uh, but then karma strikes back later on in the track as the woman that did it ends up getting shot and robbed as well. Um, but you know Obi survives after basically wearing a bulletproof vest, so it's you know it's quite a story behind it as well. But yeah, Nate Dog, yeah, he is a hook king. We all know he has been since you know the early two thousands with um, you know like Collapse, and, you know, many other tracks as well, so that no, was another another good track from the album. And, yeah, number one, personal opinion, um, shit hits the fan, and, you know, it was during this whole period, of course, with, you know, Shady and G-Unit versus Murder, Inc., um, so there was, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, it could have got messy, you know, thankfully it didn't, um, but it was, you know, it was a time where there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, ja Jar and Murder Inc. were getting banned from appearing at, you know, music award shows because, you know, your MMs, G units, everyone was sort of going and they were nominated and they didn't want any sort of didn't want any issue basically with both of them. So unfortunately Murder Inc. had to had to sit a lot of them out as well. So um yeah, for me that is my favourite track on the album. It's it's one that I do have. Uh, on a playlist every so often as well, and um, yeah, it was a great, great track. Um, right, guys, so we'll go over to some questions uh, on the album. We'll start off with Ross, you know, maybe out with Eminem's, you know, early disc- discography of studio albums, and, you know, it's hard to obviously say with Get Rich or Die trying, a fantastic album as well, but do you believe mm. this is one of the best albums on Shady? Oh, yeah.
2: I reckon so. I think it like there's so many features on here and so much variety that all somehow sounds really similar, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like everything there's lots of different songs on here where you couldn't put necessarily certain artists on the other songs on here. So yeah, I, I definitely think this is one of the stronger of the, the ones that are out on Shady Records. I'm trying to think off the top of my head what sort of other comparisons you've got compared to I mean, yeah, you've obviously got D twelve as well. They had some good albums, but overall I reckon this has more longevity for me, Mm -hmm. but that all comes down to sort of taste, doesn't it? In the end of the day, if you like the sort of gritty two thousands production that you know D12, Obi Trice, sort of Eminem's like sort of group tend to use, then Mm -hmm. yeah, this is probably one of the best albums you can go back and listen to.
1: Yeah, Blake, would you say that this album is almost near perfect? You know, you've got the right blend of features and the right producers. What's your your take on
0: it? Uh, I definitely think the tracks flow brilliantly in between each other uh the production on it is incredible you know whenever you've got dr Dre, jeff bass eminem and you know all these other producers involved you know it's going to be a masterpiece but not the album it's the reception of the album which pisses me off because i think this is one of the most disrespected releases from shady just because i think the fact that one it's only gone platinum and it's not done better than that really bugs me because this is it's not a 10 out of 10 album but i would very highly rank it as a 9 out of 10 for me personally Mm -hmm. for for debut album for the numbers it did you know especially what you even though he'd been on songs for eminem and stuff before this album dropped for what you could call quote-unquote an unknown detroit rapper brilliant you know first week sales brilliant numbers even now but I do think people sleep on this album too much. It bugs me that people only know Obi Tries from Without Me and maybe Drips. You could argue people might know from that, but Mm -hmm. I think people need to give this album a lot more respect than what I've ever seen it get given, just because to me it is that good.
1: Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. I do think that, um, you know, it's severely underrated because there's not, you don't see a lot, obviously, we do follow a lot of people on Twitter but you know there's not a lot of people talking about the album so hopefully with the you know, the fact that this has now hit its 20 year anniversary um, and the reason you know, we're doing this as well is to, is to obviously put M&M fans that maybe don't know much about Obie's music you know but you know definitely give it a listen. Um, because it is one of the strongest albums that's on the label, um, Ross. What would you say would be, you know, album rating? Um, if you were to, you know, give it a rating out of ten, um, what would you, what would you give it?
2: Mine's probably going to be a, I'd say eight and a half, if not a nine, because I think it's again got a lot of classics I can go back to. I don't. I try not to sort of listen to. Obviously, it's hard to do it when you're on apps like twitter but yeah i don't really see a lot of people i try not to surround myself with people talking about it because i don't really want to see people talking crap about it i remember this album quite well from my childhood um i remember listening to it while i was playing things like saints row with my older brother when i shouldn't have been and the music fits so well to the game we were playing like it was just class i think even 50 cent had song like a a song in saints row so like it was cool hearing like his uh, his name and his sort of lyrics on this album as well like i don't know i'd say eight and a half nine for me
1: yeah, Blake. What about yourself? You briefly touched on it just before there. For me,
0: it is a nine out of ten. And you know, the other thing which people need to remember as well is, you know, this album is not only is it full of great tracks, like you know, like like you mentioned before, like this whole thing. You know, he took shots at ja Rule, he took shots at Benzino. You know, anyone that Eminem was beefing with or Fifty Cent was beefing with, you know, he's jump straight in there, straight on that wagon, and he's gone, fuck it, I'm, I'm ride or die with you. You know, and th- that could have been very dangerous for him to do because at that point you're painting a massive bullseye on your back. But, you know, at the end of the day, Detroit rapper, you know, there's, I, I've always said there's no greater what you could call family than people from Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, they they always look out for each other. So for, for me, one, the fact he did that, didn't have to do that. but you know, straight on them, beefing from there on. And like I say, the tracks flow brilliantly, the features, incredible, production, incredible. So for me, it is a 9 out of 10. There's just a couple of songs which, you know, aren't exactly a one I would go back and listen to all the time, but you get that with any album you listen to. Yeah, for me, it's a 9 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with, um, yeah, probably 8- 8.5. M um, out of ten, you know, as I says the the, the production from starters is just you know was ridiculous as I says earlier. You know, you've got Timberland, you've got Jeff Bass, you've got Fed Rec you've got M L Haney, who even recently, you know, he's he's might have been sorta of You know, just up and coming at the time when Cheers was being recorded, but he won a Grammy uh, just last year for uh, the production for Adele's Hello, so he he's went on, you know, to to become, you know, one of the best producers uh, around just now. Um, You've got Dr Dre. Uh, DJ Green Lantern, who of course you know done a lot of shady mixtapes back around that era as well, uh, and then of course Eminem, who you know we've said this in in previous episodes, he is very underrated as a, a producer as well. So um, yeah, a stacked production uh, list, the features as well, you know, M, Nate Dogg, Lloyd Banks, Fifty Cent, Busta Rhymes, you know, it's just it's really good. A lot of the tracks, the way they flow from you know one track to the other. You know, it's, it's phenomenal. A couple of tracks I'm not too, maybe two or three on the album that I'm not sort of into as much. Um, that I've not sort of listened to as much as the rest. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's it's one of the strongest albums in my opinion. That's on Shady, and yeah, an eight point five from myself. Um, so Ross, I'm just you know, Obie and Eminem. They've collaborated. Um, I think it was maybe back in 2011, 2012. Um, with I think the track was called Richard. Um, do you think the two of them um, will collaborate again in, in the near future? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. Even if it was like
2: uh, a collaboration where I wouldn't even be fussed about necessarily hearing Eminem rap on it. Uh, even if it was obi Trice rapping on some of Eminem's more modern production, it could be quite good because he's obviously switched up his sort of production technique from from back in the early 2000s now, but I'd always be hopeful for them to reunite. Like like Blake was saying earlier, really, it is very sort of like a, a family with rappers from Detroit, so I feel like even if he had the opportunity or Obi decided he was going to do another album or Eminem was going to do another one, maybe we get a feature from him, would be would be class.
1: Yeah, Blake, Emin, Obi in 2024, would that be something you would be you would listen to? A
0: hundred percent. It is at that point now where all these great artists that, you know, they've worked with, even if they are, you know, still brilliant friends to this day. It's it's whether or not it's the right project. I would love for them to do another, at least a couple of songs together, but I don't know. I I can't see it happening, but I've been proven wrong before, so here's open.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, Obie himself has, I believe he is in Europe, as we speak at the moment, he is doing, he's actually in Rotterdam, pretty soon and then he's got Cologne and he's got Dublin as well so um, yeah oh be if you are listening it would be good to see you, you know, come back to the UK. I know there was uh, some passport issues um, earlier in the year as well and a lot of them, um, a lot of the dates that you were, you know, you were touring with, with Snoop had to be uh, rescheduled as well but um, you've definitely got a, a, still a really strong fan base in the UK so it would be good to see you. Uh, come back over. and um, we did try and get Obi on the show. Um he was up for it but unfortunately just with him being over in Europe just now doing shows with Snoop um you know just unfortunately it couldn't it couldn't happen. But um hopefully in the future um we will have him on the show um to discuss um, more about his career with Shady and um the future stuff that he has on. Um so guys yeah that was that was it. As I says um for those that are listening um Not listened to this album, you're seriously, you know, you're sleeping on this album eh, because it is one of, you know, the the best albums from you know 2003. In my opinion, I think from memory it was ranked eh, with Billboard and Rolling Stone eh, up there as well as some of the eh, the best albums that came out that year. Um, So yeah, for those that have haven't listened to it, you know, please give it a listen because it is an absolutely unbelievable album. Um, It turns twenty. Um, this this weekend as well. Um and Obi has got some merchandise um available on his site as well. So um for those that are obviously huge Obi fans um you can get you know your t-shirts, hats, you know I'll, I think there's some um CDs and vinyl as well. So um get on get onto that website and, and have a wee look for yourselves. Um in terms of us, um thanks for everyone that's listened to the show. Um, as I said, once again, if you are listening on whatever chosen platform, if you can hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified when another episode drops. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, so thank you, Blake, and thank you, Ross. It'll be a pleasure, guys, and we'll see you all next week for another show. Thank you.